Hey everybody, Jen Hatmaker here, your host of the For the Love podcast. Welcome to the show. We are in a series right now called For the Love of Untraditional Traditions. And we just, I think we wanted to have some holiday episodes that were just maybe a little bit more unexpected. We're just trying to do a different take on the series for you. New ideas, new ways to celebrate, new ideas on how to finish the year, all of it. Christmas music, all of it. And so we were thinking about what can we do with a Christmas music episode? And I'm like, it has to be like just the right person for this. And we were all just like, you guys, Melinda Doolittle. <laughs> Look, I tell her this. First of all, this is a good one to go watch on YouTube. You know, you can always just listen on your audio space. But if you go to YouTube, you can watch this episode. You can watch all the episodes. Melinda does this entire interview in her Christmas onesie in front of a fireplace and a Christmas tree. Plus, she's just so delightful to like watch. But I've loved her forever. I I met her on American Idol season six. Okay. And as she tells this great story, it was when George Bush was president. So, I mean, I've loved her for that long and followed her career. And then the internet made us friends. Melinda does a Christmas concert every year and it's sold out every year. It's in Nashville. And she was just saying at the end of this episode, it's it's almost sold. So if you're interested, it is time to get your tickets. But Melinda and I, we kind of became internet friends. And then we did the Belong Tour together back in 2016. And that's really where we solidified our friendship. That is when we traveled together and shenanigans together and spoke and sang together in like arenas. And she is as delightful and funny and witty as you think she is, but even more so in real life. So I brought her on today to talk about holiday memories and Christmas music, but she really dishes for us. And this is my fault because I just forced her to unpack it all about her experience on American Idol. I just said, let's start from the beginning. How'd you do it? Then what happened in the audition process? And then what happened? And then who were you singing for? And what was your high? And what was your low? And she made it all the way. She was third on her season. She was on the Jordan Sparks season. And so I loved hearing her talk about that. If you are any sort of fan of behind the scenes, you're going to love that conversation. But since then, she's written a book. She's toured extensively and performed with so many incredible artists. Like I said, sung at the White House where they sat her right next to the president because he wanted to talk about Simon Cowell. Just, you know, whatever. So before the whole American Idol hullabaloo, she was a beloved backup singer for huge artists like Kirk Franklin and Michael McDonald, Aaron Neville, CeCe Winans. I mean, just to name a few. She's just full of love and joy, and she shares it so deeply and so well. I just love every single thing about her. So I am just delighted to bring you my conversation with the effervescent Melinda Doolittle. I'm just real happy to see you. Hi. Hi, you, I, you. 
I adore you with everything so I have in me. Such <laughs> same. So much same. <sighs> okay, here's where we're gonna start. Okay, sorry. I just you're started. just gonna start mm-hmm. by telling us. I mean, right now, like just give us a here's where my life is this minute. Like, right, what I'm working on, this is where I am at in the world. This is my 2022, you know, snapshot. Let's start there. Gosh, my 2022 snapshot is a bunch of I don't knows, truly. The only thing that is constant for me would be Christmas. I think like I'm just, I'm finding out more about myself. I've learned so much about who I am and I'm so, I'm sort of learning like what I want to do when I grow up. Like, I'm not saying that I'm not singing or anything, but I'm not singing much, which is new for me. I am just, I'm loving being a part of other people's stories and it not being so centered on mine. I just feel like everything is coming, has been coming my direction. And I'm like, can it go another direction for just, some time. So that's that's kind of where we are. I do a ton with the unhoused population here in Nashville and it is it's what brings me joy right now. My mother who lives with me now would prefer that I do something that possibly makes money. So yes. we're still we're still going into that. Can you know, workshop that we're going to yeah. workshop it. I'm taking yeah. my me classes. Thank you, by the way. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Probably should have done that way before I decided I'd like to take a break. So <laughs> yeah, I love this for you. I love a break. I, I just affirm this in every possible way. How long do you think this is going to last this kind of hiatus and sort of diversion? It's a great question. So far it's been, I mean, it started with COVID and me like being home Really, I hadn't, I literally hadn't been home for longer than five weeks in over 20 years. So COVID. Melinda. I, because I was doing background singing. I was traveling nonstop until American Idol, then went on the show and everything blew up. And I just, the only time I had a five week break is because I had an emergency surgery. Like that was literally. Wow. 20 that was my years. Break. Yeah. So I think like. All of a sudden I was home and I was like, oh, I can do things at my house. I unpacked boxes. I've lived in this house for 15 years. I unpacked boxes. I like organized things. And I was like, what is it like to be home and plug into my community and to actually be a friend to my friends, like to show up for them? Like, what does that look like? And it's been such a huge blessing that I don't, I don't want to change it. I should still work, but I, I'm i going to have to be creative about what that looks like because I love it so much. So that's why like the only thing, if I do sing, it's like Christmas shows. Like I'm like that, that brings me joy. Uh-huh. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like a gift I can give to others and I will do that, but I don't have an answer. Well, I just, please put me on the list of people who you can call at any time when you need affirmed in this decision. I love what you are saying right now. And I I don't think you're the only one who 
obviously none of us would have chosen the pandemic. Of course, it's just no, such global no, no, no. suffering. However, it did force a lot of us into a rhythm that we are absolutely unaccustomed to. I know about your travel life. I share not that exact grueling pace, but I know it. I traveled too and then realized, oh, I like these four walls. I like my zip code. I like this. And just this idea of like reimagining how we emerge I think is powerful. And you have worked so hard for so long. You've kind of, I mean, I don't know if this is, the, you've kind of earned the luxury, maybe if that's the right, I, thought, I think I'm getting both those words wrong, but I've been able to make some choices. I think so. Like, I, I think what I'm grateful for is that like, because of all of the work, I could be like, okay, for these two years, can I just sit and figure it out? We're getting towards a point where I should probably figure it out. But I think like, I don't know, there's such there's such a peace in the not knowing. And that's never been me. Like I am a five on the Enneagram. I would like information. I need to know next steps. I need to know all of that. And this is the first time I've had a peace in the not knowing. And so maybe one of the hardest questions for me when people are like, what's next? And I'm like, oh, who knows? Like, I don't Let's see. Like, we're all on this journey together, I hope. So thank you for affirming that because it it sounds kind of scary sometimes when I hear it coming out of my Mm -hmm. mouth. Mm -hmm. But having not like laid down a prescription or a template that you are now required to fit or like here was the old thing and what do I do to fit back into the old thing? The fact that you're not doing that means you have a lot of possibility in front of you. There, I mean, there's a ton, I think. And I rem- I ran into a lady one time and she was like, you're not doing enough singing. Why wouldn't you use the gift that God gave you? And I looked at her and I was like, I mean, thank you for calling it a gift. Are we assuming that God gives one gift? Like, is that like, he's just like, that's the gift. That's it. You must use that for the rest of your life. Or does he give us other gifts that we can tap into that are part of our story also. So I'm, I think I'm just kind of exploring what those gifts are. I'm learning that it is not being domestic. I bought your cookbook. I would like to tell you. I just, that is, uh, gives my heart a little bit like beat right here. You completely overestimated what I would already have in my kitchen. So you're like, whatever cheese you have. And I'm like, so American cheese slices go <laughs> on this soup. I don't even know what a candied jalapeno is. That's fair. You're not like, alone in that journey. So I'm like, is it spicy? Because uh-huh. uh-huh. it's a jalapeno. That's and I right. don't really like spicy, but I love right. candy. So I'm like, okay. what? Mm-hmm. So I'm right. I'm learning and we're going to see. We'll come back in like a year and see like, but I, I just, that I don't is, know that that's my gift, but I, it's fine. And you know what? If, uh-huh. if all you do is read the stories and be like, my friend it's, Jen is obnoxious. It's my I mean, favorite. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't think she meant for me to just sit in my bed and read the recipes. But it's the way you say it that I'm just like cackling in the bed and not making anything. I can't. Which I think so you probably meant both, but we're good. Listen, no, I said up front, like this book will definitely entertain you. I don't know if you'll cook out of it, but oh. it, you can just read it. 
So good. Yeah, yeah. So you're right on target. I am that demographic. Yeah, that's you. You know what's fun? What's a fun thing is that I want everybody else to know is that you know my guy. You know Tyler Merritt. And I hear something that I would just love. You you get to be on record because you're the person on the show right now. Something about just ignoring him for a year. I'd like to just, let's just clear the right. Rec- let's just set okay. it straight, right? Absolutely. I have yeah. two words for you. Okay. It is Facebook Messenger. Oh, ma'am. Where, I don't even know where it is. Correct. So that is, is how he reached out. Oh, gosh. So we met at this, we had so many mutual friends. We met at a comedy show and we were all up there taking pictures at the end. And so you could tell like that we would probably be friends in life, you know? And then he went home, tried to friend me on Facebook. And I think I had, I didn't understand Facebook, so you couldn't friend me. And so he sent a message (laughs) on the messenger, which I don't know how to find. Like I know... I can't find messages from people I'm not friends with. I don't know where they are. I see the notification and I can't get to them. So when he came for me a year later, I was like, I apologize, but I don't know where your message is. Like, who does that? Who does that? I want to tell you something right now. This is also our story, Jen and Tyler. And he was like, I sent you an Instagram message. (laughs) I, 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 I mean, like two years ago, two years oh. ago. like, And he's like, you just didn't respond. I'm like, sir, would you show me on my phone where that is located? Because like, where? I'm like, because well, you, you weren't following him, right? No. So then no. where that's like in those other messages that are on the side that I can't. It says like top requests, all requests. I, I hit the button. I don't understand. There's hidden requests. Thank you so much. Uh, right now, I feel like this is me and you on one side and Tyler on the other. It I'm is. on your side. I, I am on you know, your side. I could not be happier that you two are together. That being said, like, he started both of these wrong. Sure did. How are either one of us actually connected to him? That's a big mystery. I, it's uh, It has to be Jesus at this it point. It has to be. I mean, it just has to be Jesus. It's not there us. There isn't another. It can't be Instagram. Mm-hmm. Like uh, it was direct messages or whatever. But that, like, you have the best dude. I felt like my brother and my sister were getting together. <laughs> and I, I got a message from him saying, I've, I, I feel like you should know this before this hits the gram. Yeah. And I screamed, <laughs> screamed uh-huh. with joy. Like, and you know, did you know that I was in New York at the same time you guys were in New uh-huh. York? Like when uh-huh. all of that happened, that mm-hmm. I went to see Megan Hilty with Tyler. And so like, it was the same. And he was like, I just met Jen Hatmaker. And we talked about it like it was just this real normal thing. And then you posted a picture and I was like, your faces are real close together. They're real close together. And I thought you said you just met, you know what I'm saying? And I've ne- I've just never had more joy for two people. I, oh, it brings me so much joy. I could literally scroll back in our text thread because we text each other in the phones to our phone numbers in a way that can be seen. Yes. And <laughs> and that is literally what you said to me. It was basically a series of gibberish letters and exclamation points <laughs> and heart emojis and cry emojis. Like, I was that's so essentially happy. your message. Yes. It I was can't. just, 
It was sloppy delight. And I just could not get enough of it. And I literally posted on everything you posted. And I was like, Melinda, it feels stalkerish. Like, I know that's your friend, but it's also kind of stalkerish. Like I found it on Facebook. I found it on Instagram. I found it everywhere and was like, so excited. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Oh, he's a good one. He is a good one, man. Like that was a surprising development in my adult life. I'll tell you that right now. I'm still surprised. I have never been more like affirmed than seeing you end up with a black man. I was like, because you are just like, you're such a champion for people. And I remember coming to you like when everything was kind of hitting the fan with race relations and things like that. And you were such a safe place for me. And I just, I'm like, yep. Yep. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It was going to go like that. Uh It was going to go like that. That's just how it's going to be. Okay. Okay. You, I want to talk to you for a minute. I want to talk to you. Let's, let's talk. Let's just imagine that there's three people listening to this podcast who haven't, don't already follow you and don't already love you and don't already listen to your music. Let's go back if we can and just do a teeny little, like, let's do little Melinda because you have said that you always wanted to sing, obviously with those pipes, I can see why you knew and thought that, except you had just talk about like seventh grade. You had like a a challenge that like kind of stood in your way, but of course you went on to soar and we're going to talk about that next, but let's go back. Let's go back to the beginning. Were you like the little toddler with like holding the like pen microphone? Like what? Tell me. I was the dancing toddler. Like I just, music just moved me. Like, and I would like do crazy movements to whatever song was on. Like I just, I just have always loved music and it never dawned on me that I would like sing it or anything. Like I wasn't thinking that at first. I was just thinking, I love it and it moves me. And then when I got around sixth and seventh grade, there was, I lived in St. Louis, Missouri, and there was this group called the Super Gang. And they were this big choir, children's choir, and they wore white gloves and they had like all of this choreography. And my mom took me to see them and I was like, I, this is, these are my people. This is what I should do. So I asked her to take me to the auditions and she did. And that's like where they hit a note on a piano and they ask you to sing it back. Like they'll hit a couple notes and say, sing this back to me. And so I did that. And the guy at the piano was like, hey, sweetheart, are you going to, so it's got, you need to sing the notes that I'm hitting. And I was like, that is what I'm doing. And he was like, you're actually not anywhere close. And he was like, but you have so much charisma that I'm going to just go ahead and put you in the choir and we're going to, you get to wear the white gloves and do all the motions and then you're going to move your mouth, but you're just not going to let sound come out because you are what we call tone deaf and that's okay. You just, you just lip sync. So I, I was lip syncing for years. No, I, I loved it. This just cannot be a true story. It was my life. And I was like, apparently this is how I sing in quotes. Like that, that is how I will be singing. And my mom and I went, we were shopping for shoes one day and Whitney Houston came over the loudspeaker singing the greatest love of all. And people literally stopped shopping. And I was like, 
what must it be to like have a voice that stops people? And so I went to my mom when we got home and I was like, listen, I'm thinking I actually want to sing out loud and I want a voice that stops people. And she was like, oh, baby, you're going to have to pray hard. That's right. And we're going to have to seek the Lord on this. That's right. And I grew up like in the faith evangelical movement. Like it never dawned on me that there would ever not be the answer. Yes, you have whatever you want. And so I was just like, Uh hey, God, I want to sing. I will I will practice because faith without works is dead. It's dead. That's right. But like I'll practice. And so I would lock myself in my room. We didn't have money for lessons or anything, but I would just practice. And mom would be like, let's see what the Lord does. And I signed up for my youth group's talent show. And the youth pastor came to me and was like, So you're not you're not allowed to lip sync at this point. And I was like, no problem. Uh-huh. I don't, I've got, uh-huh. I've been praying I've been in prayer. God's yes, going to do exactly. it. It's probably going to be right then, but he's going to do it. That's and, right. and y'all will I be a part got, of my miracle. So. You will be a part uh-huh. of it. Uh-huh. So I got on that stage and I don't remember actually singing. I just remember closing my eyes and opening my mouth and I got done with the song and people were standing up clapping and my mom's in the back. She's crying. And I was like, I did he do it? Did he do did it? He do like, it? Like, <laughs> and I truly won't he. <laughs> So I truly like my ear, like I was able to hear harmonies from that point on. Like it was just like my ear opened up and it was such a gift. It's why I won't step on stage without God. Cause I'm like, without him, tone deaf, hello. Like that's not, that's not cool. Like that is, he goes everywhere I go, you know? So it's like, that is, that is a story. It it's when I, Tell it now, it seems so insane. But when I was that kid, I was just like, absolutely. Like, this is just, this is how it goes, you know? Okay. All right. So then what? Obviously, the heavens unlocked and you sprung forth. I mean, you did. Like, my brain cannot fathom you saying that you were toned up for. I cannot even fathom what you're saying right now because, I mean, that was a, Complete reversal. And so, complete, yeah. Can you? I know you've just got to be sick to death of it, but I just, please, can you tell us about the early stages of your music career? And then, can you tell us a little bit about American Idol? Because that's where Absolutely. I met you. I Who's, met you on American Idol. Nobody's sick to death that, well, people might be sick to death of hearing it, but I don't ever mind talking about it. Okay. Like, okay. I, I seriously, like, I just, I joined the worship team at my church, stayed on that, and decided that I was going to go to college for music. So I started in Oklahoma, transferred to Belmont University here in Nashville. And that was when I realized, like, people pay you to sing. That's right. Uh, Like, that you can do background vocals. Because I wasn't, I didn't want to be a star. Like, I wasn't trying to be J-Lo. Like, I just wanted to sing and make a living. And so I started singing background for a ton of artists. I would either be in the studio or traveling. I traveled with Anointed for five years. I traveled with Martha Munizzi. I traveled, I got to do tours with Sheila E. And like just all of these crazy things. And I was like, this is my life. And I was starting to think about like, okay, I've done all I can in Nashville. Maybe I should move to LA and basically sing for Justin Timberlake. That's what I thought was going to happen. And my friend invited me to come audition for American Idol. 
And and how old were you? Because I can't figure mm, this out. So old, Jen. I was 28. Oh, I was the end of their the end of their age. Oh, that's okay. right. 29's their limit, right? 28. Oh, is their the limit. Love. So I, I mean, was, you were geriatric. Contestant. I was a grandma. Uh huh. And yeah. I told him no immediately because I was like, I don't want to be the person in front. Like I love singing background. And he talked me into it by saying, you can see all of the funny auditioners in person, which I shouldn't be proud of. Mm -hmm. But I was like, I want to go see Big Bird audition. Like I want to see how that happens. I, so we got a group of friends, got together, drove to Memphis, 16,000 people auditioning that day. And I legit was number 12. That's bananas. Uh-huh. I was 12,427. So I waited for 12 hours and just watched the process and was enamored by it. And I just knew I wasn't going to make it. Like I, even the people in my group of four, like there was this girl that sings circles around me and I watched her audition and not make it. And so I was like, obviously that's not going to be me. And then I, some kind of way, like I made it through. And I I remember- Can I ask you a question real quick? Yeah. Logistically- what season was your season? Season six. Yeah. So it was still kind of early-ish. It's early. So when you first audition, it's like, you're just with like somebody, some random. How it was that a go? producer. It's like a producer yeah, yeah. and an intern. Okay. Seriously. Like you're yeah. in the, in the middle of an arena, people are sitting at tables and oh, they're yeah. just. So they're just like, weeding people out. And it's four people in a line at a time. And there are like 10 lines <sighs> deep. So oh, that all that four of you so sing, and then they point which direction you go. So if they point to the right, you didn't make it. If they point to the left, you did. That's it. Like that, it's so fast, so nerve wracking. And so like I, my friend was in another line. I heard her sing. She sang her tail off and then they pointed to the right and she didn't make it. And I was like, this is dumb. Like it doesn't make sense. And it's, it's one of those things where like I, I sang, I had practiced two songs because I'm not going to show up and not know my stuff, right? And I had practiced two songs, but then after I sang, like I sang the first song and then he was like, give me another one, which they weren't really doing. And so I, I sang my second one and then he was like, what else you got? Oh, and you know gosh. how your brain- Did you panic? Completely. I was like, yeah. I don't know That's music. Right. I don't Those know Those are the songs. two songs that I know. Would That's you like it. to hear the yeah. first one again or no? Like, So uh-huh. I legit came up with Shaka Khan's Tell Me Something Good, which is, <laughs> let me just say, it's, it's a great song. It is maybe the worst auditioning song you could ever sing. Uh, it's just so, that's the most random song that you pulled out of left field. Like, And if you're me and you need to be true to like, the actual music and the beats. Like I was like, tell me something good. Then I was like, like you shouldn't do that in front of people. You shouldn't. I love this. So I think though, at that moment of him watching me like was like, I'm going to, I'm just going to put her on the show. So he points. Charisma. Yeah. The choir guy knew it. He was right, man. (laughs) He literally pointed to the left and I was like, huh? And he was like, you're through. And I, I literally, like I got back there and you sign this sheet of paper that says when the next audition is. And I was like, whatever. And I called my mom and I was like, Hey, did it scary? We'll not be doing that again. Like that was enough. And she was like, well, I raised you to be a woman of your word. So I guess you're going back. If you sign something, you go back. And so I went back 
And that was this like this, a week later? Was it like it was, was a week? So, so you had one the, week to not sleep and to I just had freak out. One uh-huh. week to freak out. I drove back in silence with my friends from Memphis because none of them made it through. Oh just, gosh, just me. Oh gosh. <laughs> and I was the one that was like, I don't want this. And then I was the one that was like, oh, sorry guys. Right. So uh-huh. I drove back in silence and had to find someone else to go with sure. me back to Memphis and sing for the executive producers and the judges. And it just, it, it truly was the scariest thing I've ever done. I believe you. I don't. I a hundred percent believe you. I do not recommend. Can you even, I'm like, my brain's trying to do a numbers. So if you started with 16,000 people, yeah. do you know how many made it through? 280. Whoa. Out of 16,000. So they, they didn't, like they weren't even really taking anyone. And you have to like, I always tell people, I've been working with people who are on reality singing competitions now, just through the therapy of it all. And I'm always like, you cannot take a no personally, but you also can't take a yes personally. They're casting a television show. Like they are casting. So it's, that's true. Is your voice in there? For sure. But it's uh-huh. down the list. It's uh-huh. it's quite down the list. So uh-huh. you can't be like, saying. they took me through. That means I'm good. Mm-mm. It means you might be good TV, mm-hmm. which is great. You fit, you fit a thing. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So you just can't, you can't be like, I'm everything because I made it through. Like, you just can't. You can be like, here's what they were looking for this season. And I happen to fit it. I happen to show up. That's really like great advice, actually. It kind of takes a teeny bit of the pressure off. Like, yeah, you get to kind of stay in the middle instead of the bottom low or the high high. Like, just just show up and do what you do. Yeah, we'll see if it I works mean, or fits. Yeah, if it fits this season, and if it doesn't, uh-huh. and you want to go back the next season and try again, uh-huh. great, because it may actually be what they need for the next season. Okay, it's that time of year when we're all in gift buying, holiday shopping mode. And if you have littles or even bigs to shop for, you can go ahead and just check the box on a gift for them with KiwiCo. So KiwiCo is basically your way to give awesome this year because they know all about delivering the fun factor for kids of all ages, really, with their boxes that come equipped with cool, hands-on, super high-quality projects. I started giving KiwiCo boxes to my nephews a couple of years ago, and it has been so fun to see all of the things they've completed over the months and years. I mean, science, art, geography, like you name it. With a KiwiCo subscription, you're giving more than just a toy. It's all about discovery and experiences and learning, all delivered straight to their door. Each box is kid approved by a crew of kid testers to ensure they're age appropriate and seriously fun. You won't believe what they can build and accomplish with KiwiCo. There are nine different subscription lines for different ages and categories. So there, I promise you, there's something for every kid. Give awesome this holiday season with KiwiCo. Hey, also get your first month of any crate line free at kiwico.com slash for the love. Amazing. That's your first month free at kiwico.com slash for the love. Yeah. 
it's that time of year again, how in the world, that we are staring the holidays right in the face. If you've been following along for a while, you know that every year I share some of my favorite things for the holidays that I'm buying for my own friends and family from incredible companies that give back, from brands that are women-owned to social enterprises doing the most good. And let me tell you, if you've ever shot my gift guide before, you have made a difference. Because you've shot, you've changed lives. It's that simple. I mean, I continue to hear beautiful stories from so many of these businesses. These companies are able to survive and thrive and expand because of your support, like this community's support. That's why I am so excited and delighted to bring you my favorite things gift guide this year. But we're doing it a little different. I'm focusing on six companies that I adore. But instead of just telling you about the products this year, I want you to hear the stories directly from the women whose lives have been changed because of you shopping from the gift guide. You can watch those stories over on jenhatmaker.com slash gift guide. Every story is different, and I hope you find them just as precious and important as I did. I think you'll be even more inspired by the life-changing work these companies are doing. Included in the mix are our friends at Thistle Farms. We put together a renew and revive gift set, a fantastic gift for literally anyone, and of course their candles. You will love Treehouse and Company's Holiday Spice Box, inspired by my little cookbook. It includes like gourmet salt and pepper, Texas taco seasonings, fierce spice, the cutest, and more. Over at Wagon Company, my Caffeinate These People pack includes fierce free and fire blends with delicious tasting notes like milk chocolate and toasted marshmallow and dried cherry. I mean, it is good stuff. Like I almost don't want to put my fake creamer in it. I curated a whole bunch of fun gifty gifts from Aspen Lane for you to shop, including dish towels with the best quotes. Really good stuff for anybody on your list. And of course, our go-to for all things style is Able. Handbags, apparel, jewelry, all the things. Um, uh, by the way, not a bad gift to give yourself either. Finally, you guys, we wrap it up with Hun's Honey, which is this incredible company that you are going to love. They have the best hot honey and also amazing honey-based bath and skincare products. And of course, with all of them, when you use my code for the love, you save tons of money when you shop. So show these rock stars some love and shop all the goodness over at jenhatmaker.com slash gift guide. These businesses have made a massive difference and so can you. I'm so sorry to tell you that you're going to have to continue talking about American Idol because I need to know what happens next. Cause I need, sure. I told you this before <laughs> I, I went, I easily went 15 seasons of American Idol without missing one episode, not one, not one. And I do so, not know that life. No. Oh, ma'am. I am invested. I, that's how I know oh you. My gosh. That's how I know you. I watched you the whole <laughs> season and I was like, I remember meeting you and being so excited because I, you were my, like my bestie in my head. And so I met you and I walked up to be like, hi, my name is Melinda. And you're like, are you kidding me? Like, you're Melinda me. Doolittle. <laughs> are you introducing yourself to me? Please stop it. Please. Uh, so, okay. You, you're now in the 200 mark with people. And all of you, all of you sing in front of the judges? No. No, so that's not how that works. You go from okay. 280 uh -huh. and then you go to the executive producer round and you sing for two different executive producers. And after those two rounds, they get it down to about 140. 
So that 140 from that city sings in front of the judges. Oh my God. So, it, so of course they put some of you through like you, like sincerely yes. gifted. And then some of the big birds. The thing is like the ones who know it, like by season six, there were like people who legit came to be bad and came to be like the worst that made it on the show. There were those people, they had managers, they were ready. But then there were other people who did not know that they were being put through for that reason. And I just remember the girl sitting next to me and she was practicing her song. And I was like, no, 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 no. She wasn't in on the joke. She was not. And she wanted it with everything in her. And that is literally the reason I still can't watch auditions. I I shouldn't do that to Idol. Like watch everything. Sure, Uh watch everything. Sure, sure, sure. But also that's heartbreaking. It was, it broke my heart because she had no clue. None. I feel like I know the difference. I I feel like I've I know the difference of the ones who are there as the joke and they don't know it and their faces are so shocked and their tears oh. are so sincere and I'm like oh, my God. oh honey oh you know what you're so, you're good at other things yes. because Look, you uh, didn't have my mama you didn't have my mama saying oh baby Mm. We're going to have to pray because this ain't good. Okay. Yeah. So now you're at 120. So you get to the 120 uh and then you go in front of the judges. And that's like a month later after you filled out all kinds of background information. Like they do background checks. They do spike checks. Like they're checking in on you, like trying to make sure you're okay. You go in front of the judges. And for me, that was when I could tell like, oh, they're really trying to like create a story here. Like they wanted me to bring my mom. They wanted me to bring like my vocal coach. They wanted me to bring people and they wanted to interview those people. And I mean, there were so many interviews that day and just they were focusing. And that was when I started to panic. That was when I legit was like, "Mm, there's a possibility that this happens. And my whole life changes. And I didn't prep for that. Like I prepped for Justin Timberlake. So like this is not, this was not in the plan. And they kept saying, what's it like to step out front? And they kind of helped me say, it's my time to step out front. And I, every time I hear me say it, I cringe. Cause I was like, didn't believe that. Yeah. That's the story you represented. The background singer is finally out front. There's, there's your narrative. Uh-huh. And I was like, no, no, just petrified right now <laughs> and right. trying to figure out like who I am. Like I was on the same season as Jordan Sparks and she was the youngest my season. I was the oldest. We were roommates. So we were extremely close and she like knew who she was. She knew what kind of artist she wanted to be. She had auditioned for lots of competitions. She just knew who she was. And I was like, can you teach me 16 year old? Like, cause I don't know, like, they're asking me what kind of project I would make. And I was like, I don't, I'm trying to figure out how I sing this song. I'm used to blending with other people. Like I'm used to fitting in, in the background. Like, I don't know what my voice is. I don't know what my story is. Like, I don't know any of that. So it was a culture shock. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. But they pulled you right on. You hit that top 20. (laughs) Did you just, did you just, could you even? Like, could you even? No, every week was like, just a shock. I think like, I'm one of those people who will work as hard as I possibly can. Cause I'm not going to show up not being prepared. Like I'm going to show up as prepared as I can, but the thought of like people liking it 
to the point of like picking up a phone and dialing numbers. Like I don't, that doesn't compute (laughs) for me. And it was truly like such a surreal experience because at first you're like in this hotel room and you're not getting like any kind of outside contact. So you don't know what's happening in the world outside. Oh, that's true. All you're getting though is like the the USA Today on your doorstep, you know, back when they used to do that. Sure do. You would get that outside of your hotel room and you would pick it up and your face would be all over it. And everyone would be giving their opinion about you and what you did. And you turn on television and you were on every station in the mornings (laughs) and you were like, how, what is (laughs) happening out there? (laughs) The first time I went to the mall, like we went, you had a stylist and a bodyguard is how you went to the mall to like shop for your clothing. And I went to the mall and I saw this lady run and I was like, what happened? Cause black people, if you're running our direction, we're like something happened and I will take off running also. That's right. So I just start running and the bodyguard runs after me, grabs me. And he's like, she's trying to get to you. And I was like, oh, right. Correct. Correct. I am what the kids call famous, apparently. Like, it was, it just blew my mind. Like, I don't think anyone's prepped to ascend that quickly or to have that level of critique. (laughs) Like the whole, literally the whole country was saying what they thought of you. That's and right. they would stop you wherever you were. Like we'd be at Jamba Juice and somebody would be like, gosh, I don't like your t-shirt. And it's like, I don't, I, what? so sorry. Like, I apologize. I'm getting a juice. Like it's. And, and it's, that was back when like tens upon tens upon tens no, of millions of people no, there were, were like, voting every week. I mean, it was. A normal like 30 million were watching the show every week. God. That's so Thir- dumb. 30 like that, those numbers make no sense to me anymore, but 30 million. So you couldn't go anywhere without someone feeling some type of connection to you. So it was, I don't know, like it was, it was crazy. And you went pretty deep in the bag. How long did you stay on? I made it to third. So literally I I was on every episode. Yeah. Cause then it was the finale. Oh, that's right. So like when they're like, this is the end of the road for you. It was like, go back to the same apartment because rehearsals for the finale start tomorrow. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 So it, uh, yeah. What was your like favorite moment of that season? Like once you were in, once we were like, here's our top 20, we're voting every week. And what was the absolute worst? Like, did you have a low point? Oh God. <laughs> uh-huh. Most of it was low. Uh- yeah. Is that true? <laughs> yeah. Because it was just sure. so nerve wracking and so scary. Completely. Like, I think there's an organization here in Nashville called Porter's Call, and they do therapy just for artists. And they literally treat artists that have gone through any kind of reality program for PTSD, because your brain, (laughs) your brain counts that as trauma because it's so quick and so crazy. So for me, because I was so petrified and really just confused. Like, I was like, but what am I supposed to do with this? Like, I still don't know what kind of artist and everybody's telling me that I'm this artist that just can emote from a song. And I'm like, is that real? Or did I make that up? Like, am I just a good actress right now? Because I don't know what's happening. 
So for me, that was difficult. But I think the week that we went from the small stage to the bigger stage, it was like top 12 week. And Diana Ross was our very first mentor, which how, how? I can't. And I sang Home from The Wiz, which is like my song. But the, the lyrics struck me in a way because it was saying like, I found this new home and I'm realizing that this is where I belong. I thought that that was my home, but this is different. And so that song took on a life for me that even to this day when I sing it, it makes me tear up because it's like a, wait, this is actually, this is where I'm supposed to be. Do I feel like God tricked me into it? Yes. But was he right? For sure. Like, it's just where I was supposed to be. I remember Paula crying afterwards. Like, I I went backstage and sobbed after that because I was like, I, th- I think this is what I'm supposed to do. And what do I do with that? So that was probably like top tier moment for me. And then, gosh, bad moment. <laughs> Singing the song Sway. I'm just going to. Was it? Just, oh, it was horrible. It was, it, I looked, I, I chose the Pussycat Dolls version because I was like, maybe, maybe there's sexy in me. I don't know. I've never found it, but maybe, maybe she's there. This could be the week. Let's try it out in front of yes. uh, 30 let's million just, people. Let's, let's just, why, let's do why that. not? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. J-Lo was our mentor. So I'm like, if anybody can sure. tell me how. It's mm-hmm. her. And she was like, I think you should slink down the stairs for this. Oh, oh I cannot. And right I think I kind of want you to YouTube it just to, I'm going to. go back and see me slink, slink. which I... is almost trip, actually. Okay. And they made me look like my mother. So I don't know what happened with hair, makeup, and the dress that day, but I looked like a 60-year-old in that moment. And then I tried to slink. And you're slinking. I tried to uh-huh. slink, which it did, that didn't go well either. Yeah. yeah. And it was it was tragic to me. <laughs> I can't. Um, it was tragic. And I. <laughs> oh, why is it so funny? I can't, it's funny now. I, it's it funny now. Yes. But, oh. I like. I was like, why is this my life? And, but, did you like, feel it in the moment or oh, was yeah. it only upon watching it later? You were like, oh, no. why is that grandma slinking? No, 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 no. I looked of. in the mirror. Like it was to the point where during, so we do a dress rehearsal before the show and the dress rehearsal gets taped also in case something goes wrong for the live show and they need to flip over to the dress, right? It's not in front of the judges. There are stand-in judges that sit there and kind of look like them from the back, but the judges are watching from their trailers because that's the best sound. So they're hearing what we're doing. They're seeing us so they can kind of come up with what their comments are. Oh, and I didn't know yeah. that. Hmm. So they're watching. So you know that in your head and you're trying to give all you can for this dress rehearsal just in case they flip over to that. I come off stage from the dress rehearsal and the executive producer runs up and is like, she looks horrible. Fix it. And I was like, horrible. And he was like, she looks like a grandma. Fix everything. Take off all of her makeup. Change her hair. Fix it. Oh, my god! So they were scrambling backstage to fix the mess that I was. Linda. And finally, like, the hair guy was like, I, I can't fix this that fast. So this is what we have. 
So I, I went out knowing. I went out very, very aware of my grandma's status. And then I tried to slink. Oh, oh, I'm so, thank you for telling us that story. I feel like my heart stopped beating when you were telling that story. Like, and you can't help it. It's on. The cameras are rolling. There's nothing you can do. Show must go on. Everybody sees it. Guess what? Do it again for the live show. Mm -hmm. Just, I guess that same slink. Yeah. Try your best. Go back and look. (laughs) Friends, I burn candles every day, like every day. There's just something so cozy and peaceful and relaxing about this tiny little daily practice. It, for me, creates sanctuary and sanity in the midst of the busyness of life. And of course, in addition to all that ambiance, candles just smell good. For those who've been following along for a while, you probably know that Thistle Farms has long been my go-to for the candles in my life. Their candles are scrumptious. I really genuinely have one in every single room of my house. But Thistle Farms candles are actually more than just a pretty scent. Did you know that through their social enterprise, they create sanctuary for women survivors of trafficking, prostitution, and addiction? Look, we have a choice when we put a candle or lots of candles in my case in our homes. So why not choose one that literally brings home another woman? It's a simple but powerful decision. We can light the way for other women. I absolutely love gifting Thistle Farms beautiful candles too. They have really great sets. It's a way to give someone in your life a gift while giving hope to someone you don't even know because that's what our community is all about. Head over to thistlefarms.org to see their whole range of meaningful candles and gift sets and so much more. And use the code for the love to save 15%. That's for the love at thistlefarms.org. I 100% know that you are telling the truth that there is just kind of residual like trauma, really, yeah. from a, oh, yeah. from an experience that obnoxious. I mean, it's I just, still haven't watched my season. I need you to know that I you really haven't. Absolutely not. People will send me like clips of myself. The only song I've watched in its entirety is "Home." Wow! But okay. I've not watched any other song in its entirety because I start and then I'm like, "Why you would feel you it? do that, little girl? Why? Why did you? Why was that your choice?" And so I'm like, "Let me leave it because." At the end of the day, the experience is done and people enjoyed it. And I need to re- I need to recall that instead of like my thoughts. So I have not watched. We would watch you sing on that season. And me and my sisters would either watch it together or we would- Wait, your sisters up. know me? Oh, honey. <gasps> well, are you- who- are you new here? Wait, like, wait, wait, wait. I want to- We just- Wait, does your mom- loved you. Yes, Melinda. Yes. I'm, I'm freaking we out. We all watched you. And then we would either, if we were together, we would just be like, pause it. How can she sing like that? How? Is this real? Is this, is she singing for real? Um, or we'd be texting each other like, me and my sister Courtney are the worst. We're the one who <laughs> get the most goosebumps and cry at songs. So we, you would finish one of your songs and we'd all pause it and we'd text each other and it'd be like, I'm crying. And then all the hands would go up saying, saying. I was just uh... like, that's why when you're like, Jen, my name's Melinda Newlittle. I'm like, I stop it. Don't, don't you dare introduce yourself to me for one more second. Like, I... quit it. Quit. I... Okay. Ma'am, listen, 
I can't even I fell for you and I fell hard. I fell hard and I fell permanently. So the fact that here we are friends and you're sitting there in your Christmas jammies, like I'm just, you know, I mean, what's this life? What's this <laughs> life? Um, can you just, of course, American Idol as just outrageous an experience as it was, it, it, it did, it changed your career. Oh, it changed your life. Completely. Yes. Would you like knowing what you know now and the the sort of path that forged for you or at least made possible, would you do it again? Like if you could go back? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. It's still worth it. Mm-hmm. It's It was definitely worth it. it, even in a way that I didn't understand. Like I truly feel like dreams came true that I didn't actually know I had. I think I hadn't allowed myself to dream about what it would look like for me to be an artist and to step on stages and have my own story to tell. Like I hadn't, I hadn't gone there because I knew how introverted I was and how shy I got on stage. Like I just didn't think that that was a possibility. And then it, when I got off the show, it was truly my only option. Like I called the people that I sang background for and was like, I'm back home. And they were like, good for you. They weren't trying to take me on tour with them anymore. Like they were like, you can't be on my stage. Like everyone has seen you. Like (laughs) you can't sing background. And so it, it literally forced me to be an artist and it forced me to find my voice. And it opened up a world for me that I just, I truly didn't know it was possible. Like I literally sang at the White House and sat next to President George W. Bush. He sat me next to him at dinner just so he could ask me about Simon. Legit was like, I want to know what Simon's really like. I want to know about the experience. Like all of it. Like That's when you helicopter up out of your body and look down at yourself going, what is what? going on? What? Like, why, I don't, why am I talking to the president of the United States of America about why, Simon Cowell? Why is why is this my life? And I'll, like, I just think so many experiences like that started happening. And I, people are like, did your dreams come true? And I'm like, possibly. I don't actually know. Like, they weren't dreams that I allowed myself to dream. So like, there was one point where I walked off stage in Tunisia at the top of Africa and they there was this stage that looked like it was an old Roman Colosseum. And my dressing room was where they used to house the lions. So it had an iron gate that came down. And we walked out to a sold out audience of like 3000 people. And this epic gladiator music started playing. And I was like, dear Lord, I have no other dreams. You can stop now. This is it. All good. All good. I actually don't have to sing another song. I I truly like, it's so weird. Like your career almost, I've said it almost feels like it's happening backwards. All the really huge stuff happens right after you get off That's the show. That's true. And then after that, you're kind of like, okay, uh-huh. thank you. That's so true. All good. Like uh-huh. what a gift. Like amazing. What a gift. What did you discover about yourself as an artist? Like, I mean, that's the question everybody was asking you from the jump. Like, who are you? What kind of music do you love? What's your, and you were like, I don't know. And yet you, you found your way through it backwards. You did that in the wrong order, but you had to have, what did you discover? Now you could probably answer that confidently at the time. What an, what an outrageous question. 
I literally discovered that all I wanted out of life was to be the Black Barbara Streisand. I discovered that like, I wasn't trying, like I could write some songs. I was okay with that, but I wanted to sing those classic, like just songs that made everybody move, made people cry, made people feel something. And it didn't have to be my song. It just had to be my interpretation of it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I started doing like cabaret style shows where I tell stories and I like take people on some type of journey. And that is heaven for me to take them on the journey. And everyone was like, well, you know, to be a true artist, you've got to write all your songs and then you just get up and sing and you're like, hey, Sacramento. But that's not my jam. Like, I'm like, nah, man, I want to do shows like the Great American Soul Book where we sing all classic soul. Like, I just, I think I just found that I love to interpret music more than I love to come up with my own. And that's not saying I haven't come up with my own, but I just, there's such good music out there. Mm, I love and that I, answer. I've never heard you say that, but yeah. as you're saying it, I'm like, yes, yes, this is this is your wheelhouse. Listen, I, mean, I met Percy Sledge, who sang When a Man Loves a Woman before Michael Bolton got it. I remember meeting him and he looked at me. I sang, it was like a tribute to Aretha. And he looked at me and he was like, we need you to keep this music going. Oh, that's good. We need you. And I was like, really? Like there's a spot for what I want to do. And he was like, oh no, no, no. There's, there, there are many spots for what you want to do. Just forge on. And it was the best advice I've been given in quite some time. Let's talk about your Christmas show because this is, you get to, <laughs> you get to yeah. apply your yes. musical ethos to this show. Like exactly. Like it, exactly fits into the framework that you just said. Yes. You're at the Franklin Theater. Can I am. Talk, just talk about the whole thing. Talk about the right. whole thing. So December 16th, we're doing a Christmas show at the Franklin Theater, which is one of my favorite things to do each year. I have to do a hometown show because it just, it feels good. And it's like, it's my time to be the most creative because it's Christmas. So you got to be true to Christmas, right? Nobody's trying to hear some new Christmas song. No, they're not. No, nobody's trying Give to hear that. Give the old standards. Give the standards and don't change it too much because you're going you're gonna to mess it up. So it's a way to find how to be creative within those confines. And it's so exciting to me. I just don't even have the words. Like <laughs> we do a version of All I Want for Christmas that is my happiest place and I swore I would never do that song because that song is like the gold standard for me. It is Mariah Carey and I will never be her. I will. I, I can't, I don't even want to try. So to make that song fit me, but to still be true to it, that was one of the most exciting arrangements I've ever come up with, ever. How did this thing come about that you do where you pick somebody out of the audience to sing? Like, because I'll tell you right now, I would faint and die. If I picked you, damn spot. (laughs) I I would just, I wouldn't. I truly, the way it came about is it's at the end of the show. And I, the first time we did the Christmas tour, I I was tired by then. I'm not going to lie. Is this how it came about? Yeah, man. I was exhausted. And I was like, dear God, have yourself a merry little Christmas. Like, I, Uh, I, who else can do it? I can sing one verse. I need help. And I legit called up my friend from the audience because I just, I had heard her cackle 
during one of my stories. And I was like, oh, she's here. She'll be great. I did not know that she cackled because she was four glasses of wine in. Like, I didn't I know, know that. So I was like, come on up. <laughs> so it was a very tipsy version. But it was like, it was one of those things where it shifted the show and kind of like, everybody was like, oh, this is fun. And so I was like, this is what I, this is this what, what I will I do. do. This, and it gives me like the best kind of break, but I get to also like feature humans, like feature people who might not step on a stage. My mother has been begging to sing with me for years. Now, she I wants wanna, you to pick her? Uh, yeah. And I, I want to be clear that if I got my tone deafness from anywhere, <laughs> it would have it. It it been my mother. So, but she's unaware. She's unaware. Okay. <laughs> and so I've had her, like I did a show in Japan and I, she wanted to sing background. She came on stage with me, but her, like the, the cord was coiled down at her feet. It was not plugged in. There was no, the, there was no sound that would make it to the audience. Right. So I'm, I'm really careful about it, but she just kept saying, I mean, you keep picking everybody and I'm right here. And so I picked her. I picked her. It's a gift. It is a gift yeah. to everyone. That was an act of love and service to it your was. mother. Mm-hmm. And then I I might have had a volunteer one time that might have been the best volunteer I've ever had. Can you tell us? I can. Gloria Gaynor came to my yeah. show. Well, that's... Tra-la-la. Yeah, yeah. She not only, like... First of all, the fact that we are like friends and we have each other's numbers. So she she called and said, I'm going to be in town. Will you be home? And I was like, I'll be home. I have a show. And she was like, I want to come to your show. And I was like, obviously you're coming. Like, I'm going to get you tickets. You're Gloria Gaynor. And she was like, what should I sing? And I was like, I'm so sorry. You, you, would, you would come on the stage. And she was like, absolutely. So I was like, I always have someone sing have yourself a merry little Christmas with me, but 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 since you're there, can you also maybe just sing "I Will Survive"? Oh, for the love! I is my best Christmas ever. I, I mean, literally gave my audience the gift of freaking Gloria Gaynor singing. Did they lose their I minds? Will survive. Lost their yeah. ever yeah. loving yeah. minds. Yeah. Like yeah. it was. What are you? What are you gonna do? No, no, they did not see that coming. That's the surprise of the night, right there. Mm-hmm. They didn't need me. Mm. They didn't need me after that. As a matter of fact, I put it right before intermission because I was like, <laughs> I, I should shut down for 20 <laughs> minutes, maybe 20 minutes after this. Uh-huh. And then hopefully when I come back, you've slightly recovered. Totally. And can make it through the second half of this oh without gosh, her. That's so fun. That is just the most fun. And so every, you change it up a little every year or is it, you kind of. I change it up. I, I, there are certain things that always happen. All I want for Christmas always happens. There are a few other songs like Drummer Boy. I did Drummer Boy as a joke. Cause I think it's a dumb song. Cause like, who's going to be like, yes, here's my sleeping baby. Play your drum. Like, I, I just think it's dumb. But then Justin Bieber did it with Buster Rhymes. Yeah. And my life has been changed forever. So that happens every time. The Grinch happens every time. Great. But outside of that, I kind of try to change some things around and just 
We live it up, man. That's it's fun. The, it's the all best your, like, night. outfit changes. Like, do you get? Do you go all, all? I do two outfit changes, and most mostly it's just a sequin onesie. But I, whatever I can find to kind of be in my PJs for it, I normally do the meet and greet in the onesie I have on right this second. Do you really? That's Absolutely, the best thing mm-hmm. I've ever. Yeah. Heard. Also, you know, I equate onesies with you and only you. There's one. There's one person on the planet who gets the title of the onesie. The onesie girl. It is you. It is me. And you wore one to my lake house one time. And I was like, please discuss, please discuss. Like every, I want, I want to have this. And I bought them after you. You told me, you gave me a link. You told me the brand. And I'm just like, you're just living inside of this. It's just, you're living inside of it. And I have three. What? Ma'am. I was like, I want this. I want this. There's this <laughs> life you're living in front of me. I need some details about it. Yes. I'm a, I, th- this is all, I like, I try to figure out how I can do most of life in a onesie. I like and it. And it works real great until you yeah. have to pee, obviously. Oh, no, I know. Oh, I know. Because then you're just naked in the bathroom, really. Yeah, like, it's, it's embarrassing. Uh-huh. No, I've experienced that side of it as well. And I don't love it. No. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to lift my onesie so it's not just dragging on the toilet Because it can't floor. drag on the, on the pee floor, right? Yeah. Can't happen. Yikes. So it's, a, it's, a, it's a thing. I normally yeah. don't drink water. <laughs> that is a solution. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That is one. Okay. Uh-huh. When does the show start? It's December 16th. Yes. It's already at least two thirds sold. So I was about to say, it's just one of those shows where like it happens and they did like a Christmas in July sale this year. So it's like, it's not a big theater. So hurry. Like my friends are like, I'm going to get my tickets. I'm like, you better, you better move. Just go ahead. Cause it, the cool thing is it always sells out. So it's always like a full, like Christmas experience. And we're all there together having the best time. My family comes in town. Like it's like a, it's a thing. Oh, so it's so dreamy. But if you sell this one out, maybe we'll add one. We might like, if you, if you show up, I'll add another, but if Christmas we, miracles, they can happen. Yes. So this is amazing. You're amazing. Thank you for staying on with me for 1 million years on this Episode. I could talk to you forever. Let's be clear. Oh, yeah. So, oh yeah, I had a thousand other things to ask you, and I was still like, and then what? <laughs> um. <laughs> I love it so much. Oh, you're the greatest. Thanks for coming on today. I just thank you so for having me. Love you so much. I, just I need love you to everything know about you. You're such a gift to me, just in the way that you carry yourself and in how you are on the internet, because that's a hard place to be. And so you're always such a gift to me that like, I literally got the email about this podcast and I was like, <gasps> me on the For the Love podcast? Like I, I've been so excited about this, that this is why you got the Christmas tree and the fire and the like, you, because I've been, it's just an honor. It's, it's just, it's an actual honor. You are like the reason I do so many things in life. I think I sent you a text about trying to be kind of my morning self and that didn't sure go well, did. but I, sure I, did. you're the reason I try things. At least <laughs> I have a whole cookbook right now. Like you it, sure it, do. I try things because of you. I do what you say. Okay. Very, very last. Um, you get to answer what everybody answers and I want you to answer it. However you want to answer it. It's what's saving your life right now. Saving my life right now is an organization called people loving Nashville. 
Tell me more. We work with people experiencing homelessness from the point of them being on the streets all the way to them getting housed and then staying housed. So it's the entire gamut of things. And right now, some of some of my closest friends are people on the streets. Like I can walk downtown in Nashville and people will scream out my name. And it is not because I was on American Idol. It is because they got a blanket and they just want to hang. Like it is it's some of the best friendships I've ever found, I think. And it's it's been the biggest gift to me that anything has. Like I I but I, I I will do this for the rest of my life. Oh golly. I love it. I love, I love it to so see much. it. Yeah. I cannot wait to like link to that organization for everybody listening to this podcast too. Fantastic. That's so good. That's right on that's right on target for you. Nothing about it <laughs> surprises me, but I love to hear it. Oh, it's it's the love best. It. Mm-hmm. It's it's truly the best. I'm still my bougie self, obviously. Like none yeah. of that changes. Yeah. <laughs> but they get to experience my bougie self and they laugh yes. at me right along with me. So it's exactly. Great. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, sis. Love you. Thank ya. you. Love you too. All right, you guys, she is the best, just the best. I'm so happy that we became friends. So grateful for her. And I do want you to know that she's just one of those people that pops into my phone all the time, just kind of out of left field with like something like super kind to say, or super funny, or this little point of connection. And just all of a sudden there she is. I just, she's been like that for years now. And so lucky me. Lucky all of us for having her on the show today. This whole series is just fun. I just have enjoyed it. It's brought me like a lot of joy and happiness to have these guests to talk and laugh with them and think about this season and traditions and new traditions and breaking traditions, just all of it. I'm just enjoying it so much. It's so cozy to me. And I hope you are too. Okay. So more to come next week. You guys see you then. 